Hey guys, uh, welcome back to Digital Artcast. Um, thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Um, I'm hoping you guys have enjoyed the last couple of interviews that I've put up on the on the channel. Um, most recently, we had uh, Jose Vega, which was which a really amazing talk. I felt a really honest conversation. Um, typically on this channel, we have tried to interview people from uh, the entertainment industry, uh, people who have uh, contributed to uh, projects or have been artists themselves involved in production, concept artists, studio artists, uh, character artists, all that kind of stuff. Um, today is, is probably quite unique in the sense that um, we have uh, a co-founder and, and, and kind of a CEO of a company um, that is involved in the entertainment industry, um, but possibly not directly, but still is, a, is a, a very large part of it and something that's very familiar to a lot of people who, uh, who you know, are, are part of the industry, who, who are part of the news cycles of the industry. Um, and I thought this was a great opportunity to get him involved in a conversation to really delve into you know what makes uh in particular his business tech and of course why it was founded and and what maybe even their plans are moving forward because i know recently they have also uh, kind of revamped and and rebranded so um today um we have a really special guest on and i hope i am not going to butcher his name um can you please welcome along mr uh Kirill Tokavrev? did i get that right Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. It was, great. It was quite an introduction. <laughs> well, I mean, your your website, your your company is, I mean, I would say one of the key cornerstones of the entertainment industry. Um, and I think, yeah, people that of your caliber need some kind of an introduction, um, some kind of hype. So, yeah, thank you, man. Justice. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, the website and and question we're talking about is a level. Um, which has now been a website for how long have you guys been up and running? I think it's like five years. Five years. Wow. Yeah, so almost, almost as long as I've had my podcast. That's like, that's a crazy number to think about. You know, I think if you get past one year, it's always a, a blessing. But to have five, um, it's, it's, it's quite yeah, a milestone. So congrats on that. It's a marathon, right? So just need yeah. to keep running. Indeed, indeed. Um so looking back to you know taking us back to 2014 2013 or, or whatever you were at that time was this a, a a project born out of passion were you involved in the industry in some relation and then wanted to you know move towards the news outlet that is now at a level yeah it's a it's a great question so i was never part of the industry in terms of um like production wise or so I don't have any games under my belt, so to speak. Okay. But I was always kind of around industry, and uh, one of the key jobs that I was doing uh, was actually journalism. So I was writing reviews with, uh, about games, like mm -hmm. like I don't know, like Game Informer does, uh, and I was doing uh, a lot of interviews with the developers as well because I uh, I knew English well. And it was very easy for me to kind of start conversations with developers. And uh, mm, that's how I kind of got more and more involved in um, in the development side of things. Because right. it always fascinated me how these projects are being made. And um, just from the very early on when they were just, you know, pixels running around the screen when yep. you got into something 
I guess like the the, the biggest part uh, where I made like my biggest contribution in the in that kind of journalism and stuff was when we switched from like PS2 to like PS3 and uh, mm-hmm. from Xbox to Xbox 360. Right. And that was yeah. a that was a very fun time when there was a lot of very interesting games coming out and yes. um, they were all built with uh, new tech. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fascinating just, you know, uh, figuring out how it, how's it working, how mm-hmm. does it, you know, what, what drives sort of like this whole um, industry forward. And uh, yeah. I've, I've been working with in a couple of magazines. Like back then, they still mm-hmm. had like paper magazines, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was a, uh, which was the thing. I remember when it was, uh, it, it sounds funny now, but then people were just like, um, really competitive about it and there were like a bunch of different publishing uh, right. like across the the area where i yeah. lived and uh they were competing like oh we did like this cover of our magazine mm-hmm. and uh and we mm-hmm. got that cover on our magazine so i was very proud when i was able to do like a cover story and uh so kind of like my uh, my article was at, at the front of it and uh yeah it's just so funny now because it just doesn't yeah, matter right? looking back yeah i know i mean it's industry i think it's, it's interesting sorry to think about the way we used to perceive games and i think what you were talking about initially was was a really um like a really interesting time for games as well because what you're talking about from like the ps2 to the ps3 and the, and the xbox to the 360 i think was the period in gaming when um you know people were taking games a lot more seriously right they were they were seeing the, the games industry as something that was very um was very you know it was competing against film and tv it was on that level you know the graphics were getting to a point where you know the stories they were telling were believable because the people looked like people so i think that was the the crossover you were talking about the time when things shifted and and funnily enough as we were talking um i think it's really interesting as well because that was my original intention before I got into games development as well was was being a journalist and you know uh, I had several YouTube channels at the time um, that were you know game review websites where I would I would cover games or would review games in my own spare time and then eventually I got to work for some publications in the UK um, I remember one of my first jobs was going to interview um, one of the PR guys from Rocksteady when they were first revealing um, Arkham Asylum when that game was like just about to come out um and also the Wii I think the Wii Motion there was an event it was like the Wii Motion Plus controller thing Uh um but then that was like yeah those were the early days of people like starting to really sit up and pay attention to the games industry Uh um and now fast forward to where we are in 2020 I mean it is such a viable industry that you know it's it's double and tripling the profits of movies and, and TV combined I think now so um the last 10 years have been super interesting right so so you were working freelance you were at this time were you still in the ukraine were you still across in europe yeah yeah i was still in ukraine and i've been working on a couple of different publications mm-hmm. and um they were i wouldn't say dying but they were kind of losing their momentum right you now and uh it's been going for like a couple of years um and it became evident to me so mm-hmm. um just in order to kind of survive, I did a bunch of other gigs. And um, I am very 
dare I say, like entrepreneurial in my work. So I never mm -hmm. stop at like one project. Right. And I usually do like um, a, a lot of different stuff. Okay, uh, cool. Just to keep like the to pay the bills and stuff, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I had a lot of those projects going on, and some of them were not technically uh, game related because I okay. was sort of helping guys who were doing a cybersecurity website. I was mm -hmm. uh, working with companies who were doing um, like ad block software, you know, like the ones that, like, uh, as a publisher now, I hate. Because it's kind of, uh, it destroys all the advertising on your website and you can't yeah, the revenue. Um, yeah. get any clicks or views yes. for that matter. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah um, of course. I've been doing that and I worked in some other companies. And then uh, I started working with a company that was doing uh, payments and games. And um, they've grown tremendously like uh, from that time. So mm -hmm. I... Um, I met their CEO. I had a little like phone conversation with him. Mm -hmm. And um, what I was doing for them, I was doing their corporate blog. Mm -hmm. And um, they they had like a, like a traditional, I guess, a corporate blog where they would post something about their partner or mm -hmm. some news or whatever. And uh, coming from like the, the a little bit of a different background, uh, I kind of turned this blog into a media you know, I just uh, almost like unknowingly, I, I, they, they told me like that I need to do like a certain number of posts per a period. Right. Right. And I just didn't want to do like, you know, whatever. So I thought that uh, each post would have some industry comment from uh, a, a person in the industry or a person from the company. And uh, it kind of grew and grew and grew. And uh, I started doing like more interviews or started starting talking with more people from uh, local industry and international and covering different parts of the like, development cycle. Right. Because um, just to bring more variety and uh, to get more eyeballs on the platform. On the stories, right. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it kind of grew a little bit out of control. And then... Uh, they called me and uh, invited me to go to E3 or GDC. I don't remember. I think it was E3. I didn't get a visa. And next right. year, uh, uh, and then, then I went to Gamescom. So I went to Gamescom, Right. Uh, met the CEO, met everybody there. And uh, basically the next year, they invited me to go to like US for like a longer period. I got a visa okay. and uh, everything worked out. So I went out for uh, uh, like a little period, a uh, couple mm -hmm. of months. Then next year I came for like, uh, I think I got a, like a like an H-1B visa at the time. I just okay. uh, don't remember because it's, it's all mm -hmm. um, kind of messed up right now. And so, yeah, I got that and um, I started basically working for them, but I wasn't doing the blog anymore. Instead, I was doing this, uh, the website. Okay. And um, it, like 80 level website has a very interesting history. Like, mm -hmm. and um, it's just, it's, 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 you know, it's developed in its own kind of way, mm -hmm. um, uh, unpredictably, I would say. And uh, I, I was, I would never say that we were able to do something like what, what we accomplished to do. Right. So, because yeah. it was mostly, um, for me, it was a big surprise, actually, that it caught on and uh, 
yeah, it's took it off. I mean, it's it's interesting as well because you know you talk about the brief history of of, of you know come across and, and co-founding this website, but then it's also a thing where it's strange how although it was intention was probably originally game development and and games industry, it almost I mean for my first introduction to it, and I'm talking like maybe 2017, 2018, even before that maybe, but eighty level was a place where you had your art featured. And that was something that I think was that something that almost happened by accident, or was that something that was not foreseen as something you were going to do, but it just happened? I mean, um, so let, let's look at the like the this community as like as a whole, right? So you, you right. have a bunch of competition, right? So mm-hmm. the market is, um, I guess not overfilled, but there is like a, an abundance of artists out there. Right. So it's not like it's, uh, it's very different for, let's say graphical programmers, right. Or right. people who are like in hardcore, uh, you know, tech code and stuff. Right. Um, there is a bunch of guys and uh, girls and everybody like who's doing mm-hmm. art there. And, mm-hmm. um, you kind of get lost, right? Because there's just, too much content and it's it's similar to any other industry or any other place where where's there's this problem just is the same in games right so if you go on steam steam like there's like a bunch of things out there and you don't know what you want to buy and play right so i had the same impression when i was just kind of starting looking for uh people because mm-hmm. I thought that there is let's just like these this incredible abundance of talent, and uh, um, what we started doing is just picking something, who, someone who we like, right? So I think at the core of eighty level is this idea that um, there is some team behind this uh, project. Right. Uh, the team has some kind of um, uh, vision of what great art is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we try to promote great art and have it featured like on the platform. Um, so yeah, that that's like the main idea, right? I didn't we didn't think of it as a platform to feature artists or mm-hmm. uh, or promote artists in any way. So we uh, wanted to showcase how things are done right. and explain like what the the tools, what are the processes, like uh, how certain uh, elements or effects or whatever, right? It could be Come achieved. Together. Yeah, right. and uh, we just want to have, like feature and show a, a great, you know, a, a great piece of art, a, a great level from a game, like or VFX yeah, yeah. and stuff. And since I've been in this industry for um, like a, a long time, so I think it's like almost now 17 years or even more just like uh, yeah and i kind of know what i like you know so i understand when um if i like the aesthetic then i i kind of feel that this is um personally i feel that it's gonna fly and uh Mm you know, be interesting to kind of check out and so on. And um, that's how we try to do it. Right Right now I'm more involved in the, um, like more strategic issue planning, like uh, budgeting and all that kind of stuff. But um, I hope that my team kind of, they have the same vision and they try to at least, uh, you know, 
uh, cherish the the work of an individual artist and, and yeah, yeah. and uh, put it online. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting when you talk about even highlighting team members because I think this is a thing like you know when I you know I mean I, I use them for a lot of examples, but it's just the one that usually comes to mind because I've, I've either just talked to him about five minutes ago. But when I, when I first met Rafael Gazzetti, you know, like he at the time, even when he came to THU, was a rock star in the art industry. But now it's getting to a point where Raf is also a rock star outside of his industry. You know, like, if you look at his Instagram, you know, he's like 600,000 followers. And it's mostly because, you know, he's been dedicated now to pushing these um, these portraits he's done, these, uh, these uh, the fan arts he's been doing on his Instagram, right? He's, he's blown up overnight, like, you know, because there's, there's certain artists in the world that have their own, like, superstar, right? You look at the guys like Boss Logic, who, you know are an artist in their own right and create artworks but then people subscribe to his website his 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 instagram and stuff because they just love the content he produces he's just a really popular content producer and i think it's interesting when you see a lot of these guys even like kim jong-ji who you know of course now is a rock star outside of his own country and and outside of what he does for comics and stuff and, and visual development i think it was a it's been a very um weird shift where I think early on in the movie industry, you had the same thing where, you know, the movies were one thing, but then people started to really pay attention to the actors. So I think it's now the same with games where these superstar studios are making these amazing games, but then you're like, oh, I'd really love to know the people behind it. You know, for so Raph, for instance, it was like, well, who created Kratos? Like, who was the visionary mind behind that? Who was the person in the, you know, in the trenches at Sony who was, who was building them? Um, and then, of course, when he gets a, pace, a face and a personality, people are... Um, you know, like even at Lightbox last year, people were coming to Raph's booth, you know, just members of the public because they were like, I wanted to meet you because you created Kratos, you know, like, and of course Raph is like, you know, as humble as he is, he's saying, you know, oh, it's a team effort, you know, there was many people involved, but, you know, people are, they associate his face with that accolade. So I think A Level has, has definitely seen that trend and people becoming these kind of rock star personalities um, and then, you know, making that prominent in the website. Um, so, I mean, in essence, I suppose the question is, what's the kind of plans moving forward for 80 level? What's the kind of things you think would be some yeah. of the main things you want to kind of focus on? Um, I can't reveal like the, the whole plan, but I, uh, yeah, I just want to pitch in a little bit about the idea of, uh, like a rock star developer and stuff like that. So, right. um, funny that you mention it so the, it, it is sort of like a double-edged sword in um mm -hmm. in video games yes and um not a lot of people actually like it so i i did talk with a bunch i'm all i do is talk with people with the industry in the industry and uh, mm -hmm. a lot of them don't feel that this is the correct way to represent the game and um, okay. if you're working with a big publisher and mm -hmm. um, let's say I don't know, like uh, not meant not to mention anyone, just like in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they wouldn't be happy if I would just go around and ask uh, like individuals about um, how they contributed some to some large project because mm -hmm. it make it feels like they were the only people building the game, which is okay. yeah. entirely not true, right? Because it's a team yeah. effort, and there's like hundreds of people working on it. Sometimes it's thousands, so thousands yeah. of people working on some project. And then you take one guy who's doing something like environment art 
yeah and you feature him and it seems like he's doing all the work like and um right it it might seem a little bit discouraging to the other members of the team and it's right. definitely not something that a studio wants to kind of you know send out into the world right so of course from my experiences the studios are usually very protective of um their talent and their feelings and uh, you know their attitude toward the whole thing so right. they don't want to kind of um, showcase just one talent you know right. but um i think the what you're saying and why uh kind of these talents become rock stars and um mm -hmm. in, in this kind of uh new world of ours right is yeah. because the the job market is changing right so and uh Before that, there was there were not a lot of artists, and uh, even if there were, um, you could be decent and get hired, mm -hmm. right? Right. And right now, um, you kind of have to get yourself out there. You have to, mm -hmm. you know, create your own platforms. You need to be featured and so on. And this gives right. you a much better chance of getting hired much better mm -hmm. chance of getting an interesting project. And that's where all this uh, kind of coming from. I think when people want to get featured and uh, they want to be promoted and so on, I think, I don't, th I don't, you know, say that it's a good thing or a bad thing or whatever. It's just like the way things are. And yes. um, I do think that the same is going to happen with all the other industries, like all the, all the other parts of this production cycle that we see in games. Because right. let's look at it this way. So games aren't going away. At least I don't see it, right? So the, yeah. there is a bunch of people playing. There are these huge projects like Fortnite. Mm -hmm. And um, there were huge projects before Fortnite, like I don't know, Minecraft and all the others, right? So, and... Uh, every generation sort of like uncovers some kind of a new thing that they like to play with. And yes. uh, now we have like uh, influencers, we have streamers, uh, we mm -hmm. have, uh, I don't know, like these crazy uh, esports tournaments, like the ones yes. that uh, Valve's doing. That's, that's just, just bonkers, like if you look at it. So yeah. it, it basically means that people are going to make more games, right? And... Uh, mm -hmm. So the the question that we need to answer is to think like how are these games going to be made like mm -hmm. um from my perspective uh, as i see it right so definitely we'll see more games and uh, we will definitely see a uh, better quality of the content right so yeah. if let's take like mortal shell as an example so mortal shell is a game that is being created by a small team mm -hmm. a lot of the um, a lot of the team members are like around the world it's yes. um very kind of like a, a gorilla almost like kind of a production right so it's not yeah where you in invest like tens of millions of dollars and you lease an apartment uh, like a lease a place somewhere like on the coast yeah. and they start playing right so it's like a gorilla thing And at the same time, they are very smart about 
the scope. They're very smart about the kind of content they create for it. And they're very smart about the art, right? So, and mechanics and everything else. But the, the art aspect is just incredible. Like, uh-huh. look at that game. It looks like, it's, I don't know. They, if you didn't tell me who was doing that, I would say it was like Namco Bandai doing something different with the... Of course. You know. But Vitaly Bergerov is that's his, yeah. kind of, his, his brainchild. Yeah. His designs are incredible. But yes. design is only like one part of it. Like it, it's always easy to say that, hey, oh, yeah, I mean, he's such a talented guy. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, he's <laughs> also, um, he's, he, he managed to kind of manage this whole thing, outsource it and build it yes. and create it. And there's like ton of layers on top of layers of complexity that you see in these kinds of projects. And yep. still they made it and they launched it and they sold it. And uh, I think it's successful, right? So we might mm-hmm. expect to see more uh, games from him and from his I hope team. so, yeah. And at the yeah. same time, I think it's a good, a good example for all the other studios that you don't have to go to like a big publisher and uh, mm-hmm. pitch your game there. You can just go and uh, build this yourself yeah. with Unreal, mm-hmm. with all the other tools available right now and uh, yes. with the workforce kind of like available. Right. So, and at a level where they can produce high quality content. And right. um, I mean, you don't need to be in some large, you know, game studio right now to kind of learn new things. Yes. Right. So, right now yeah. you can be um, safely, you know, sitting in your apartment somewhere and you kind of have everything at your disposal. You got 80 level, you got Art Station, you got uh, mm. GDC Vault. You got mm-hmm. tons and tons of tutorials out there. You got um, CG Master Academy. You got the uh, Nomon. Vertex. You got, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Vertex School. You know, all and our station has our station learning as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Plus that, yeah. right? So I think you have so many resources out there. So it just makes sense to kind of build these games and try your uh, try your luck and uh, do something, right? Because so, mm-hmm. um, my fascination. Uh, with art comes not only from like the visual aspect of it or how it looks, but also from the Im- Im- impression and emotion that comes from it and the understanding that it could be built into something more. So that's mm-hmm. the interesting part of it, right? So because when you see, just even when you're playing your chill hop beats on YouTube and you get some screenshot there, which is like, that something's going on there, like in this image, you kind of, um, you know, get, get engrossed. You kind of want to go into this world and kind of try and play around and see what's, what's there. Right. So, and mm-hmm. with games, it's so much easier, right? Cause mm-hmm. if you build a, a scene in Unreal Engine, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to kind of just put a little more effort and uh, build into, into a product and sell this product. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, let's face it, it's very easy right now. You just go on Steam yes. or Epic Games and uh, you can um, monetize it in... I don't want to monetize to, to to sound like this, you know, in a bad way, right? So I just mm-hmm. think that um, if you pay so much effort and you, if you devote so much time into building something... Mm. And making sure that everything's look like top notch and stuff, it would make sense to kind of make this available for other people and uh, 
give them an opportunity to kind of pay back. Um, so I see as one of the core things that AD level um, will be kind of encouraging in the future and like, mm -hmm. is that we want to encourage um, individuals or small teams to kind of build their own, to build their own games, to build their own projects, to help them promote them to, I mean, find investments for them if, if those are needed and uh, just to kind of help this industry grow in uh, new creative ways. Cause Sorry, I mean I've been going for a while. Do you, do you want me to stop? No, 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 no. Of course, I, I'm just, I'm just loving just listening to you talk yeah. about just your vision for the industry because, you know, as as always, I mean, you talk about the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I think it's very rare you guys do press right or you guys talk about the website as like this is our product, this is our thing, and I think for this interview, it's a great opportunity for people to be like oh yeah, I never realized that was their mission statement or that was what they were focused on or how yeah. they kind of came to where they did. Um, but I think it's interesting also, you know, when we talked about like what's the future, I think this is what you said. It's like it's trying to focus on people being their own islands and, and um, you know, making their own content available. I mean, we even missed out one of the, the key resources, which is YouTube, because when you look at people's YouTube channels, you know, because people are so desperate to, to either get viewers or subscribers, they just fill these channels full of content. And like uh, Jose Vega said in my last interview, he was like, um, every day you wake up is a great day to be an artist. He's like, because, you know, there's so much free content out there, you know, and, you know, we even talked about, you know, remember the days when Unreal Engine was paid. You had to buy the engine. You had to pay money to use the Unreal Engine. And now that, plus now even Quixel is all free, right? It's like, there's so much content available from day one yeah like, crazy you, you, that's just crazy yeah crazy i mean even the thing the other day like talking on the game side of it there was the announcement from xbox game pass that they are now including in, in the game pass they're including the ea play system which blew my tiny mind because you know talk about a good deal i mean i think i pay about three bucks a month for that and there's so much content on the xbox game pass it's like it's the netflix problem right there's just so much content you're lost almost and i feel like that's also applicable to the the art industry for games as well because as a starting student right you sit down and, and you open the grand thing that is the internet and you kind of think to yourself where do i start you know where's the best place to go to get certain things which i think 80 level does a great job of of um fine-tuning that stuff right because you guys will highlight like some of the best online schools or some of the best online courses. Um, but it can be overwhelming, right? Yeah, I mean, that that's why we're kind of trying to partner and uh, find the right guys. Because um, mm -hmm. I think it's, you, you kind of write that the, that's a lot. There, there's a lot um, available right now and you might get lost. So it's nice to have an opportunity to kind of structure this thing around something. Yeah. So one of the latest things that we've been uh, working on is that we're trying to structure our work around uh, 80 level RFP. And that's, uh, that's one of the efforts that is uh, directed towards kind of like elevating the artists, making the artists um, um, more of this rock star kind of mentality, but without all the negativity, mm. right? So we want yeah. to make sure that the 
talent that we have that it's uh, um, that it's great and that it's available for contribution to like a great game project. So right. it's uh, uh, it's completely free to join for um, individual artists or mm-hmm. like um, small studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to hire someone from this uh, from our pool, then you have to pay. So basically, it's um, we want companies to kind of understand and appreciate the fact that there is uh, that the, the talent actually is valuable, right? So we don't right. want to see these examples where some weird people are sending out messages on you know spamming you with emails saying that hey i'm you know i'm the guy from blizzard or some other big company i really want to hire you so do this art test for me and uh which is a scam right so they're they're not from blizzard they're just doing whatever so we don't want to have that kind of conversation happening on our platform so that's why we and when we're uh, when we're inviting a partner who first of all he invests into these partnerships and that makes his commitment serious right so he's not just there to play around or whatever Mm -hmm. and at the same time he understands that what he's doing is actually um, that he's he's there to kind of uh, find the right guy for him like the right the right person to create his game like the right person to um enhance the look right to the person who has the skills to make the game really shine visually uh i think that's important right because um, we we can debate this but um there's no denying that screenshots in many ways they sell games right so and if you want to obviously there's a part of marketing involved and so on but if you want to kind of an you know um, attract a modern gamer you do have to have some art direction behind your project it, it can't be just you know bare pixels or whatever it has to have some hmm. thought behind it it has to have a certain look uh it has to have some kind of a feature that's going to be like wow yeah i like yeah. how it looks i want to i want to play it and so on and as an example i really like this idea of um like Fortnite and Paragon, like that. Those are like big projects from Epic Games, mm-hmm. and uh, the one is like tremendously successful, and the other one is like lost in eternity. And all the assets are currently actually available for free on right. um, Epic uh, Unreal Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a great uh, example that shows. I mean, there were a lot of different issues, right? But one of the issues was that uh, there was there was little visual identity in Paragon, right? So it's mm. it it was a, a good looking game. It was great, mm-hmm. but if you um, go and ask anyone who played it, like, yeah, but what was that about? Take, take a you know a pencil and make a sketch. Like, how does it look? And I mean, people would be perplexed. They would be like, oh, wow, I don't even remember, right? So so think about, like, how many games do we have that are, you know, we don't, you don't, you don't even remember what they look like, right? So, and you don't want to have that. And at the same time, you now have the flexibility and the tools to make this original look 
on much cheaper. You don't need to like invest uh, millions of dollars to hmm. find some kind of like crazy designer who's going to build you something, right? So you can just hire a bunch of talented guys uh, and you come up with something like uh, Half-Life Alex, right? Or you, yeah. you can uh, twist around some sliders in Houdini and come up with uh, a very interesting look for like control, like from Renegade, yeah. right? That game is just crazy. I mean, the visually, it's uh, stunning. Yeah, and, um, I, I, I think uh, you're kind of hitting a point there. Like I was talking about how, like even with games now, I think the way because like we talk about saturation in the market, and I think games are are very and have been for a long time. I mean, since the app store probably has became a thing, have suffered from oversaturation. There's just so much stuff, and I think the outliers now are the stuff that is that is pushing the envelope or stuff that you know it used to be a thing where game studios or developers specifically or publishers even would not take a risk on a company or a, or a weird idea because it was too much of a risk like you didn't want to invest you know hundreds of millions of dollars and then have that thing blow up in your face but then of course there's been situations with um you know you look back in 2012 with double fine when they launched their kickstarter and that exploded you know that's a documentary i watch all the time and how they made that game on $3 million. Well, now, of course, it was six at the end, but, you know, how they launched the, the campaign, it was it was funded and Kickstarter's a thing now. And then even looking at the guys at Ninja Theory, who, you know, when they when they worked on, um, um, I forget the name of the, the game, the Hell game, the, is it Hell yeah, Sing or Hellscape? Yeah. But then, but then they, they built that game off, I think it was like a £4 million budget or something like that, or something close to that. You know, they were building a lot of their in-house tech themselves and really showing that you didn't have to spend crazy money to make something really impressive um and i think that's the thing that's going to be the future also of a lot of the bigger games is that the guys who take those risks and are are brandishing those teams to to really push the envelope in terms of tech without having to spend a fortune and i think it's the same with like you were talking with talent you don't have to now go and recruit people and pay them like you know you know, hundred thousand a day or whatever would be a crazy number, but you know you can go and find these guys who are small, dedicated teams and make something like you know, like Vitaly done, like we just spoke about earlier. Um, and it's great that you know also you have outlets like yourself to then highlight these projects when they come to fruition. I mean, I could just even ask you like a simple question of what did you think of the Wukong trailer from the Chinese uh, studio that came out recently? Oh, that new one with um. The, the monkey, monkey king. king, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was impressive. I mean, yeah. we we shared it around like uh, the whole company, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it was eye opening for a lot of the people to see that the the team is about like twenty, thirty people or something. Yeah, uh, that they were able to push something like that out, mm -hmm. and um, uh, be able to kind of have this kind of visual fidelity. At the level where it's just incredible. I mean, it's, if it's you guys can't tell, crazy. also by the way, Carol has a, a small baby in the background yeah. <laughs> that's walking about. The, the 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 some of the drawbacks of working from home, but yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we love her. I mean, everybody who's on a call with me kind of hurt her. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, so those small teams, yeah, that that level of fidelity is surprising. Of course, a lot of the people I knew who were in the game industry were talking about it, like. Yeah, I can't believe the team's so small. You know, yeah. even that game is just a vertical slice. So, I mean, still, like, uh, you look at that game. I mean, it's just crazy. Like the the characters. Look at that. I mean, coming yeah. from China, 
Um, because mm-hmm. you would expect if you if you were like paying attention, like mm. PlayStation, they they did a, a lot of different projects with um, Chinese developers, and they pushed them on their platform. And uh, a lot of those projects at the beginning, they were like, eh, you know, yeah. I wouldn't say mediocre, but they didn't really turn their heads, so to speak. Yeah, and um, now this thing comes along, and you would think this was coming from like Capcom or some other a big, big, big developer yeah, yeah. And, and big and experienced game developer, mm-hmm. right? Because the, like, let's look at Capcom. They were making games like for, I don't know, like tens of years. Right. So they're yes. like been around and uh, mm-hmm. then comes this new studio, which is like very agile, small, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. using all the modern tools. And they, they are able to build something that looks like a real triple A, right? So it's just like, yes. it's incredible. It's like Naughty Dog was <laughs> built in. Yeah, like that. yeah, that level, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think even just like how the Chinese market has also affected the games industry as well because, you know, we look at like, you know, casting your mind back to, you know, when the Hearthstone whole controversy came out with Blizzard and, you know, then people started to realise that, oh, there's actually a lot of American-owned studios that have serious Chinese investment um, I mean, uh-huh. if you look at Riot Games, I mean, Riot Games is like, I think it's like 90% Tencent money. I mean, like they have a, a serious foothold in the American market, probably because they saw the potential of games long before the Americans did. Um, I don't know. Now, yeah, but well, yeah, I mean, it could be a mix of things, but yeah. I have a lot of friends who are like uh, working in China or have worked in China and they, I mean... Yeah, they're contributing a lot, and they're like incredibly talented. They're building those crazy new games. So I think we will see a lot of games coming from that territory, and games that are not just online and um, you know for like a pay-to-win kind of scenarios, but games that are like you know boxed titles for like the new Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. Yeah, I think those are definitely coming because I mean. Why would they be investing so much money in it? Yeah, of course it makes sense. I mean, of course, and now we're we're in this weird phase where we're now again in the gap between generations, where you know the PS Five, Xbox Series X are now hitting the stores this Christmas, and then you know Xbox the other day just uh, they just talked about the Series S, which is the smaller, more compact version that's not super powerful, but it's more affordable if people want that option, which I think is great. Um, but then, of course, the PS5's design has been a controversy as well, people comparing it to a space heater. But, like, there's now also people coming out of, like, left field. I mean, me personally, I have been spending a lot of time using Google Stadia, which is an outlier, of course, from Google. You know, people thought when they came into the market last Christmas, when I was picking up my Founders Edition, people were obviously saying, oh, you know, it's only going to be a fad for a couple of months. Now, fast forward almost 12 months later, I have 50 plus games in my collection because I've been a pro member for, for so long. And to me, um, the tech is super impressive. You know, when Doom Eternal launched, I was playing it on Stadia 4K 60 FPS over a connection on the internet. It wasn't on my computer. So that's also a thing now. You know, you've got yeah. Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Xbox also now have their own cloud system. So do you think that's also going to be a trend in the game industry? Do you think cloud is going to be a thing for not only tech but gamers? Um, I was I was very lucky to be at DICE this year before 
everything kind of shut down. Right. And um, I was one of the roundtables. Although I'm press, I mm-hmm. kind of ended up at the roundtable where there were just like professionals from the industry. And, <laughs> you are a professional. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of said like, please, please. I mean, don't, you know. But uh, the idea is that I heard a very interesting topic there. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the one, the companies that are going to crack that, they're going to rule like industry for yeah. a foreseeable future. And uh, this company might as well be Google, right? So, and uh, right. the question there is, is that um, since there's an abundance of this content, mm-hmm. uh, the question of uh, discoverability becomes a very big issue, right? So yeah. if you find the place where you can easily kind of recommend you titles that are, mm-hmm you know, that fit your kind of style or mm-hmm. fit your taste, right? Uh, I think we, if you find that, that's going to be like a great um, a great tool to kind of uh, help sell you more games and so on. So I think Stadia is, they are revolutionary, not only in the terms of the, when, how are they delivering games, right? Mm-hmm. But also how are they kind of pushing games to you and the, Mm-hmm. What data do they gather about you playing games? I think right. that's super important because if you think it, um, like uh, in terms of like all those trophies and uh, mm-hmm. achievements and all the other mm-hmm. little elements in your mm-hmm. uh, game console or like anywhere, like on Steam and everything, yeah. those those are there to kind of keep the players more involved and uh, getting more into the game and spending more time with the game. But at the same time, they also show what do gamers really appreciate about the product, right? So if you mm. look at the AAA games, I mean, how often do you even finish them, right? So yeah, I I have been playing a lot of the, like, Uncharted games. I don't remember finishing any of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I, I, I finished the first one, but it's just, okay. like, at the end of this whole story, and it's it mostly happens, like, at the end, right? So you're, like... Right, you're faced with some kind of like boss battle, and you're like, eh, "Do I really care about like what's going to happen there?" I mean, I've seen most of it; it looks nice. I had my fun, so I might just drop it and play something else. And right. um, Google would have access to all that information much quicker. Mm. They would make sense of what to do with that information, right? So uh, the, right. the the minute that you think that you're like, "Okay, I'm, I think I'm done with this," right? Mm-hmm. They would like kind of come up around the corner and say, "Hey, have you played the latest uh, cyberpunk game? Here you go, like you know." And it's just gonna be like an internal loop where we would just be glued to televisions <laughs> forever. And uh, <laughs> now, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I think like discoverability is an issue, and um, mm-hmm. this is actually one of those things where we want to kind of educate our audience about. Right, so we don't want them to just think about the games it, just as a term of like an um, art, right? So we want them to yeah. see that there's like a bunch of other stuff out there. Of course. There's a ton of other things that you need to think about if you want to build like your own uh, product and if you want to sell it and uh, promote it and so on. Because I do yeah, I mean, want to feel, yeah. I, I just do want them like everybody who's like into these, uh, into this field that they build their own because I think there is just like such a tremendous amount of talent out there 
with their own vision, like with their own kind of like look at the reality. And it would be nice to have something to kind of be more into that world to be able mm-hmm. to walk around those scenes. Cause I really like, I really enjoy environment art mm-hmm. and then um, I love when students kind of come up with those crazy projects with this, like, um, I remember a couple of years ago, there was this guy, uh, I think he was from UK somewhere and, mm-hmm. uh, he built this crazy space station kind of thing where there's a huge spaceship kind of like coming up from like a mothership or like a space base, like on oh. earth. And it was just like mm-hmm. flying in the sky and there was like hissing and noise and epic music and lights and, I was like, oh, my God, like, what is this? <laughs> Show me more. Like, what happens next? And yeah. it was just like a demo scene that he did, like, when he graduated, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he went, you know, to, you know, to work at some company and doing something else because obviously he has to pay the bills and so on. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be incredible if that would be, a, like, a full game, even if it's, like, even if it's small if it's yeah. short because um, I think the, 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 this issue came up like a couple of times ago uh, mm-hmm. when uh, people are just tired of long, long games. They don't want to invest like 150 hours into an RPG just to finish it. Right. They, yeah. they're playing well, cyberpunk's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing PUBG or like a uh, Call of Duty Warzone. Dota, League of Legends. Yeah, but they're playing like for like 30 or like 20 minutes, maybe an hour. And then they get like the whole adventure sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, they have like this experience of like being into some crazy thing. And then Mm -hmm. they can drop off and uh, do something else. And it would be nice to do something like with uh, like smaller games because it doesn't matter. I mean, I would love to pay like 15 bucks for like a small game, like Dear Aster or something like that, you know, where you mm. can just walk around and uh, yeah, enjoy yeah. the scenery and kind of discover some mystery. But it's just like my personal taste. But yeah. yeah. But that was crazy though when Call of Duty launched the free to play system. Like, I know people who were like, how did they justify that? And of course, we all know microtransactions. But like, when that, I mean, people were like, I got a free Call of Duty game. Like, I don't have to pay money. I can play Call of Duty for free. I'm no like I'm no computing this in my mind how this is working like I'm getting this you know I think it's just a way how you know there's now a whole new system of how games work and the traditional method sometimes of like you know you pay your sixty dollars you play your game then you bin it that's kind of like going the way of the dodo like it's you know the free to play systems have been around for a while now but like I know I think they're coming in a system where they're really starting to be like the dominating factors of games I mean you still have the traditional gamers games you know like they're still making zeldas and marios and all that kind of stuff but you know the free-to-play market is now allowing people you know like a kid with a pc has so many options more compared to what i had when i was younger and i had like you know i can remember installing monkey island on discs like floppy discs Mm -hmm. so you know you look at now if you bought a a modern gaming pc which even now you don't have to spend a fortune for you know the new nvidia cards their mid-tier one at 650 pounds is like you know twice as fast as the 2880 ti so if you're building budget systems now and then you're looking at the free-to-play market, there's so much stuff that you can play without having to spend any money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but then but then that's just the market, right? That's just the way games have evolved. Yep. Yep, pretty much. 
Okay, anyway, so, I mean, in general, I think the way I'm, I'm kind of coming to a close is that, you know, with 80 level and the way it is now, you talked about, you know, focusing on the individual and, and the projects that they make. What would you say in closing is, like, uh, a reason that, that, that you know, people should get behind 80 level? Or why do you think people should now go to your website? What You know, you talked about this whole artist community system now. Like, what is what is your website now offering for artists and the community and people in general? I think for artists, definitely, it's an opportunity to learn. We mm-hmm. think it's an opportunity to learn about, like, the new tech, the... Mm-hmm see what other people are doing and uh, to learn about the tools and the technology mm-hmm. and so on. And yeah. that the, the other major thing is that um, it also, it is also a place where you can find new talent or you can get hired. Right. So right. we don't want you to just kind of be there and uh, get featured and that's it. Right. So we want to give you right. the tools where you will be able to, I mean, your portfolio will be seen will be seen by the the best companies out there who are willing right. to invest and they're looking for great people. Right now, it's a more natural way um, of getting hired, and I mm-hmm. think this is one of the major kind of like benefits of working with Eighty Level right now and uh, right. getting more involved in the community and so on. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of other new things in store, and we will continue mm-hmm. to deliver on. Not just art, but also the the tech behind it, right? And explain, uh, help you guide, kind of like in this industry, and uh, tell you mm-hmm. like what's going to happen next, uh, where right. things are going. We will right. be also adding more information about the job market. So mm-hmm. we think, and uh, as part of our mission, we want to make it more transparent mm-hmm. to make people. Um, to help them make better choices, so to speak, right? To help them understand uh, what's a good rate, mm-hmm. uh, what is the rate that you don't want to put, you know, not even for your own sake, but for the sake of the community in general. Right. And um, yeah, I think those are like the good directions. And if you are interested, please visit our page, uh, sign up to like 80 level RFP. Would mm-hmm. be loved. Would love to kind of have a look at your portfolio and uh, get you into the system. Right. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, that's a good a good place to end it. Um, just once again, um, Carol, just to say thanks for coming on. Um, I'm glad that uh, you gave up your time today to talk to us. Yeah. Was... Thank you so much for inviting. Sorry, sorry for the baby crying in the corner. Oh no, not at all. No, it's fine. It's uh, it's it's the it's the way we're all kind of living now. It's just uh. Wait. I mean, I'm probably lucky in the fact that, you know, I, I've got a space for myself where I'm, I'm just now. But then, yeah, everybody doesn't have that advantage, of course, especially with young kids. So, um, yeah, I can always remember the, 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 the news story years ago. I think it was a Sky News, I think, last year or something or this year when people were working from home and the kid, like, ran in the guy's bedroom, like, asking if he could have a biscuit or something. Like, it happens. There's nothing you can do about kids. But, um, but no, it was a great it was a great talk just about the industry in general and, and games and um, I think it's also good for me because that's where my orig- origins were, you know, in the games market and games media. So um, it's always good to, to converse with that stuff. But yeah, if you guys have, uh, if you guys have been listening up to this point and you're still here, thanks for listening and thanks for checking out the episode. Um, I'll give a link to all of um, the social media for 80 Level. And if you guys want to check it out, just check the description below. Um, we also have a Discord and multiple other things going on. So if you guys also check out the description, there's many, many links for you there to check out. 
um and yeah just just stay tuned we have more episodes coming um this one hopefully will be one that you will remember for a, a while and, and hopefully you got a lot from this if you have any questions just put them down below in the youtube section if you can uh we're also on spotify uh we're also on apple podcasts and google podcasts we're kind of everywhere just now so um but if you guys check out the youtube channel um and subscribe like comment it always helps us out and uh we'll just speak to you guys later um thanks to carol again for coming on and thanks for your level for being involved and uh yeah we'll speak to you guys later thank you so much yeah